The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Pride to Detroit podcast is brought to you by Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. It's the jerky that fuels your Detroit Lions. That's right. Righteous Felon Jerky and meat sticks are available to Lions players at the training facilities at Allen Park. Each two ounce bag of jerky has 16 to 20 grams of protein and each stick has eight grams of protein. Trust me, if it's good enough for the Lions, it's going to be good enough for you too. Righteous Felon is based in Westchester, Pennsylvania, and they use locally sourced all-natural Black Angus beef, and they pride themselves on superior quality, revolutionary branding, and unique flavors that go beyond the stereotypical jerky offerings. And now through the end of December, you can go to RighteousFelon.com and use the discount code POD20 at checkout to get 20% off your order. That's promo code POD20 at RighteousFelon.com, valid through 12-31-2022. Welcome to First Bite, our Detroit Lions preview podcast. It is already week 16 in a, uh, a year, a couple years ago, this would be the penultimate season or a penultimate week, I should say, but not this year. As of uh, 2021, obviously, 17-game schedule, 18-week schedule, uh, but it's Panthers week. The Lions are finally back to 500. They got a lot on the line, but so do the Panthers, and uh, it should be an interesting matchup, and so we are going to break it down. A uh, little different format this week, because I don't want to say that Panthers fans were scared to join us, but I'm not going to say that they weren't not scared. I no, We don't have a guest today. Uh Unless you want to count our fabulous co-host, the senior editor of Pride of Detroit, at Ryan underscore POD on Twitter, Ryan Matthews is here. Hello. Hi. I forgot that I don't get the Rock God intro on this. Um, But I was also kind of being introduced as a guest, so I was getting, I was waiting for like plugs and stuff. Like, I'm sorry. We're all out of sorts. We're probably like a little just like hot and sweaty because playoffs. Playoffs? Playoffs? I don't think I even introduced myself. That's how, that's how... Off the the kilter we are here. I'm I'm Jeremy Reisman. You, you probably know me. If you don't, that's cool too. I don't care. Anyways, um, yeah. So it's Panthers week. We don't have a Panthers guest, but we're gonna treat this like a normal podcast, and I think we're gonna do just fine because uh, Ryan has taken over our scouting report weekly on the website, and he wrote about 2,200 words on this matchup already. So I think I'm just gonna pepper him with questions for the next 30, 40 minutes, and and we'll get through this. Uh, you, you know what? 
I wouldn't ask anybody else to ask me better questions. Yeah. Okay, great. That, that <laughs> sounded like a compliment, I think. I uh, think it, it was intended to be one, so I'm glad you took it that way. Great. Uh, well, yeah, let's let's get into it, and we'll follow our, our, our normal format here, um, and starting with the Panthers having the ball versus the Lions' defense. And let's, let's talk some Sam Darnold, um, because the Jets have had a tumultuous season at, uh, at quarterback, but maybe it's settled down. They, they go through Baker Mayfield, they go through PJ Walker, but for the last three weeks, it's been Baker Mayfield. And dare I say he hasn't been bad. Is that fair? I think that's fair to say about a guy who like, just hasn't turned the ball over. You know what I mean? Like, you know, they're, they're two and one with, with Darnold under center. Um, one of those games was an ugly win over the Broncos, um, which double whammy against the Lions, I suppose. I mean, we, I, I think we really need to start with the fact that Carolina is a five and nine football team that has playoff aspirations, <laughs> which is yeah. so dumb. Um, yes. but that that's fine. Um, it is it, what it is. Do you, do you believe like that that's going to be enough extra motivation for the Lions to see a a different Panthers team than let's say if they were five and nine out of the playoffs? Like, are you the kind of person that buys into okay, like they're they're they they might still be long shots for the playoff, but they're still in the playoff race, so they're going to give it their all. Yeah, I mean, I mean, why not, right? Like, I mean, shooters got to shoot. I, yeah. I, I think, I think that you look at their team, and you look at the way that they played under Wilkes. Um, you know, Matt Rule gets fired um, early on in the season. Uh, he gets fired after week five. The team's one and four. They're in shambles. They they look like they're rudderless. And you know, then you know they they lose a game to the Rams, but then they beat the Buccaneers twenty one to three. And that that might end up being a really important game um, for you know Carolina, who you know still has to play the Buccaneers again. So yeah. like they can make you it know ground. they they could make up ground. So I think they have every reason to like really play and. You know, I, I think you bring up a good point about Sam Darnold, right? Like they go through this carousel of quarterbacks. You know, Darnold was hurt in the preseason, so yep. that's why they turned to Mayfield. And then, you know, Mayfield was dealing with injuries, so they turned to PJ Walker. And um, but you know, Steve Wilkes like has done a fine job, like, you know, you know, steering the ship through some some you know choppy waters. And I, I think that a lot of credit goes to that guy, especially, you know, he's kind of known as the guy who gets jettisoned out of Arizona after right. one year and, you know, look what good that did Arizona. <laughs> right. Exactly. But, <laughs> but I, I think to answer your original question, like maybe this is why the Panthers have a lot to play for. It's like, this is Steve Wilkes kind of, Hey, like I'm the interim right now. Maybe he might be playing, you know, the, the, the Panthers are playing for maybe, maybe his future um, yeah. in Carolina or, Hey, Steve Wilkes is trying to put some tape out there and say to any other football team that might be looking for a head coach. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, and yeah, I'm you know I was, I was trying to look as much into Sam Darnold's performances over these past three games as, as possible. And you know the stats aren't eye popping. You know completion percentage below fifty or below sixty percent. But he did have three touchdowns, no interceptions, like you said, six sacks. But you know throwing barely over one hundred and fifty yards in these games. The one thing that did stick out to me though, and, and I think this will lead to maybe some of our discussion about the line side of things here too is that he has a couple completions of 35-plus yards, air yards. So, like, big plays down. He, he's not afraid to test it down the field. I'm looking at his charts right now. Um, each game he has two or three shots of at least 25 yards downfield. So he's going to test his defense a lot. They are not. They don't throw the ball a ton, and, and I think that's another thing that, that we'll get into. But he's going to take his shots, and I feel like that's something that we should be 
mildly concerned about because the big story in the Lions defense, Deshaun Elliott is out, which means yeah. uh, as as we were told by Dan Campbell today that we're going to get a little bit of uh, Ifatu Melifanu. We're going to little going to get a little bit of CJ Moore and that that's cause for some concern, right? Because CJ Moore has only started one career game ever. And Ifatu Melifanu has played six snaps at safety ever. So level of concern, even though I, this isn't a great offense. Well, I, I think beyond just the injuries they're dealing with, look at what happened last week against the Jets. Like yeah. Zach Wilson had, I don't know, what was it 16, 18 completions, but he had over 300 yards passing. Yeah. Like I seven mean, plays of 20 plus yards too. Yeah. So I, I, I here's the other thing too. And maybe this kind of like, takes us in a different direction and we can start talking about maybe their pass catchers. But like, I think that DJ Moore is a very underutilized uber talented wide receiver who like just really hasn't lived up to expectations this year. But I I think that that can kind of, you know, I I think for as much blame as you might want to put on DJ Moore, you need to put a lot more on this like quarterback carousel that they've been on all season long. So, um, but I mean, yeah, if I'm Sam Darnold, if there's a guy I'm going to target downfield, it's going to be DJ Moore. Um, you know, I I, I think you, you look at him and the the other the other guy that they have there too is is Terrace Marshall Jr., who um, he's got an 18 yards per reception on 22 catches this season. I know it's not you know it's just a handful of catches, but like I feel like we're all kind of setting up the table to talk about the Panthers' running game, which is what they want to do to win football games, right? Uh, yeah, and just I guess one last note on this one is it, it, the weather is going to play into it a little bit, right? Um, it's projected to maybe be the coldest game ever uh, in, in Panthers home game history with a 31-ish or, or maybe even and less, um, which chilly. Yes, chilly, sure. <laughs> we're all we're all in the midst of a snowstorm here and, and 31 sounds horrible. Um, yeah. <laughs> but right. yeah, no, it's just. It's interesting. Um, we'll see if Jeff Okuda can have a bounce back game. Although, you know, I was, I was rewatching that game. Like, I almost forgot that in that very first drive against the Jets, he almost had a pick six. Remember yeah. that when they were deep in their own zone? He, it wasn't a horrible game. It was just that he had that long stretch where he was beating by someone, beat by someone named like Jeff Davis or something. I don't know. Some very, I think it was, was it Jeff Smith? Jeff Smith. I, yeah. Something like that. Some very <laughs> plain name that no one has ever heard of. Like it, it's someone, it's your neighbor. He was, he was literally right. beat by the guy down the street. Yeah. Um, right. But, but yeah, let's, let's, let's move to the running game because that's obviously their bread and butter. Um, what I find interesting, and I think you pointed this out in your preview is after this team traded away Christian McCaffrey, they leaned into the running game even more, which was yeah. kind of fascinating, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess the other, the, the flip side of that is that the Carolina Panthers number two receiver still by statistics is Christian McCaffrey. Right. Um, and he hasn't played for them, uh, in a couple months, but yeah, I, I, I found that really interesting is like this team maybe like shifted its identity when Wilkes, um, you know, took control. And I, I think that's, that that's the, that's how they want to win football games. Right. But what's interesting, Jeremy, about their running game is it's so hot and cold. Yes. Right. Like, yes, it's I mean, it, it, it's truly like mystifying because, you know, I get to the, the end of the scouting report. I'm like, what are their biggest strengths and what are their biggest weaknesses? And I, and I want to say that one of their strengths is their running game. But like, is it really like, you know, they they uh, they they rack up 
like 232 rushing yards against the Falcons in week 10. And then the next week they get 36 yards and 17 carries against the Ravens. And then in week 14, um, they, they run all over the Seahawks, 223 yards on 46 carries. I mean, like that's like Dan Campbell's like dream uh, scenario. And then last week against the Steelers, 21 yards on 16 carries. Like, are they good? Are they bad? Are they just playing bad defenses? Like, you know, I I don't I really really don't know what to make of it. Yeah, well, I mean, I think a lot of it has to do with strength of opponent, right? Like Seahawks defense kind of trash. Pittsburgh defense still somehow kind of okay. Um, I think yeah. the question is what is what is the Lions run defense? Because a lot of a lot of times it just depends on what kind of run it, rushing attack they're they're going against. You know, mobile quarterback complicates things, and they're not very good at defending that this year. Not really much of a problem this week, right? Um, right. So maybe maybe you look at, at some of the more recent performances against the more standard running games like last week against the Jets and uh, against the, the Packers all the way back when when they, they basically stopped um, Aaron Jones and, and, and Dylan. And um, but then you look at Jacksonville and that was kind of a so so performance. So I don't know, like, what's your level of confidence in, in the lines in this matchup with, you know, I, the Carolina being hot and cold and and. I think the Lions run defense trending in the right direction, but also capable of some slip ups here and there. Yeah, I I, I don't know. I, I think that this game is kind of just tailor made for the Lions to stop the run yet again. Yeah. I mean, we, we talked about it last or last podcast about how Zonovan Knight was a, a nobody after he was like a somebody for a couple of weeks. And it's yeah. Saquon Barkley. And and shutting him down when when they go into New York, right? They go into New York and they stop Zonovan Knight and, um, you know who's the other one that they that they put the feather in their cap for? It was Dalvin Cook, Dalvin you know, Cook. completely right. shut yep. down yep. in the Vikings game. And, um, you know, Dante Foreman, like interesting story. Just you know, tears his Achilles, come back. He really assumed like the lead back, you know, duties with with Carolina. And I mean, he's he's. He's running well, but then there's other games where he's not running well. Um, but I I think the the thing about the Panthers is like their offensive line is better than advertised. Like yeah. I, I think that's like a sneaky strength of their team, especially when it comes to the run game. And and one of the most interesting notes that I found, you know, doing some research on them is by DVOA, like the Panthers are ninth in adjusted yard lines or adjusted line yards at four point six one, but they're twenty second in open field yards, and that discrepancy right there just illustrates how much of their success on the ground is because of the guys they have up front. Right. Um, you know, uh, ESPN's run block win rate. They have two guards, uh, Brady Christensen and Austin Corbett who are in the top 10. They're both uh, eighth and seventh respectively um, in that metric by ESPN. So, I mean, they have the, they have the personnel in the middle to, to move some people, but I got to ask you like, how confident do you feel about that Lions defensive line up front in the middle? Yeah, that this sounds like a big uglies game, right? This sounds like a, a trench kind of like last week, right? Kind of like last week, and and it certainly worked on the Lions' favor last week. And I think you always have to remember too that while it is you know those guys in the middle are are key, also key is the secondary coming up and 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 filling in their 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 gaps, being gaps sound, and that's that's an underrated strength of. Again, like a guy like Jeff Okuda, who didn't have a good game in terms of pass coverage, was important in run defense. And they're they're going to have mostly all hands on deck. Obviously, Deshaun Elliott is is the one guy that's going to be the odd man out. And and that's that could impact too. Like that that injury um might be impactful not having him there in, in run support. 
Um, but yeah, I think you have to have a fair amount of confidence in the Lions in this matchup. You, you really do, because it's been a while since a team has just been able to run between the tackles on them. And you know that, that the Panthers are going to try and you know that the Lions are going to key in on, on getting that stop to force them. Force Dan, Sam Darnold to throw damn Sarnold, Sam Darnold <laughs> yeah. um, to throw it uh, 30 times, right? He's not going to, that's not a, a game that they want to play. You look at the amount of times he's thrown uh, in the past three games, 19 against the Broncos in a win, uh, 24 against the, the Seahawks in a, in a win as well. And then against the Steelers, the, the game that they lose, he threw it 23 times. So um, they're, they're really going to try to force it into his hands. Now he, He's a careful guy. Like like going back to the the beginning of the conversation, they 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 want to run a lot of play action. They want to try to get guys moving. But I'm with you. Like this feels like a matchup last week. It really, but the Jets and the Giants. It kind of feels like that kind of game where you could see this defense do a pretty darn good job in the run game. It's just whether they're going to hold up in the secondary when they take their shots. And I just I don't know where to I don't know where I'm at with this line secondary right now. It, it's not a good place, I wouldn't say, and it's certainly not in a great place when we have an we're, we're going to try to unknown out there, right? We're going to try Ifatu Melifano on there, and I, I think maybe this is where we need to bring back the discussion. Um, and and we we also need to talk about pass rush too, right? The Lions' pass rush has has been key in at least creating negative plays to to counteract all the big plays are given up through the air. But but I don't know what. It, do you have any sort of feelings about putting a Fatu on there? Is, is it is it a mistake um, by Dan Campbell? Do you put the more trusted CJ Moore out there? Um, because it sounds like a lot of the reason when, when he was talking today was like, we got to let this birdie fly. And I'm like, okay, I get that. But this is also like that. that playoffs. Playoffs, Dan. Playoffs are on the <laughs> yeah, line. Right? Yeah. Like the first year and a half, I get playing your rookies, right? You can't be afraid to play your rookies. You're trying to develop these guys. There's stakes now that like, you can't just be like, Oh, we're just playing these games to get these guys ready for the future. The future is now in my opinion. So I don't know. What are, what are your thoughts on, on first, if he even get in the gig and again, we don't, it's not, it's him and CJ Moore going to split time. We don't really know what roles those are going to be, but it sounds like it's going to be significant. So yeah. What are I, your I, thoughts. Yeah. It, Eric, Eric brought this up in the injury report today, but I mean, this is more of just like Dan Campbell is like, hey, whoever's playing the best is is going to get in there. Yeah. And, you know, th- this happened when Tracy Walker got hurt, right? Like yeah. Juju Hughes was the guy who came in. But then the following week, the little birdie that went to go fly was Kirby Joseph. And, and that's kind of worked out pretty well. So, sure. um, it, I mean, it's definitely a concern, though, because Deshaun Elliott is the guy that I think works so well in run defense. Um He's really a difference maker in in the run game. Um, I the, the 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 number that I found that was so interesting doing you know a, a deep dive on the Panthers was like they are awful on third down. Mm. Like their third down efficiency is is terrible. They're they're the thirtieth ranked offense in third down efficiency. They're completing just like a little over twenty nine percent of their third downs. And mm. I think you know you talk about this all the time. Um, about earning the right to rush the passer. Yeah. And the Lions earned the right to to rush the passer a lot last week against Zach Wilson and Yep. I mean, there are an awful lot of third down plays that just got converted uh because of wild plays, right? Like whether right. it was a, a, stuff. a, a duck up in the air <laughs> or, you know, Jeff Okuda getting beat on a on a player or two here and there and the the thing about the Lions is like over the course of the season, 
48% uh, conversion rate allowed on third down. But over their past three games, that number's dropped 10% to 38%. Hmm. So, I mean, even with the, the Jets game in there, the, the Lions have been, you know, earning the right to rush the passer. And I think that number points to guys like James Houston coming back and, and making plays on third down when he's out there. And, oh, Romeo Aquara is making plays. And yep. I think that the Lions just have so much at their disposal and they can rotate so many guys along the defensive line. And their run defense, like that is going to be the key for the game, right? Yep. I, I think that we can we can say with, with good confidence that the Panthers want to run the ball. If the Lions can get them off schedule if they're forcing them into third and eight, third and nine, third and 10. It's it's going to be, Hey, what sec, what's the secondary going to do? Are they going to step yeah. up or are they, or are they going to fold? Right. And, and the, the key word this week from, from Aaron Glenn has been just making plays on the ball. Um, because here's the one thing that they're not going to do. Um, if, if last week is any indication, they're not going to drop a bunch into coverage. They're not going to play passively. Right. They, they blitzed a lot like, last week, right? Yeah. They sure did. And I don't think that's going to change. I think Aaron Glenn has enough confidence in his guys in the second level that they're eventually just going to make those plays on the ball. Those those floating balls are not just going to sit there for running backs to pick up and, and things like that. I, but again, going back, just last thing to me on Iffy, um, you're going to have what, like a 22 and a 23-year-old back there. That's That's a little scary. Communication is. is big. These safeties see everything. Those are the guys that are conducting the entire thing in a, in a lot of ways. So um, we'll we'll see how the secondary holds up. But uh, I think we'll we'll head to our break here. When we come back, talk about something uh, that's maybe a little bit less scary or scary to opponents. Maybe the Detroit Lions offense going against this Carolina Panthers defense. When we come back here on First Bite, our Lions Week 16 preview. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. And we are back here on First Bite, previewing Lions, Panthers, myself, Ryan Matthews and nobody else. We don't need anybody because we're going to talk now about the Lions' offense. So the Lions' red hot offense, who got put to the test last week against the Jets, didn't do great, but scored when they needed to. Uh, an easier test this week, I would say, Ryan, against the Carolina Panthers. Where do you want to start in this matchup? I want to start with asking you a question. Okay. Uh, after after letting you know that. In my scouting report, I said that the Panthers' biggest strength is actually their run defense. Yeah. Um, you know, they have two of the best run defenders in the NFL at linebacker um, mm-hmm. in, in Shaq Thompson and Luvu. Like, 
they're they're really getting it done. And then you throw in some of the other guys they have in there. I mean, Derek Brown, yep. you remember him from Auburn. He's a he's an incredible run stuffer. He he's up there with some of the best uh, interior defensive linemen. Um, and then uh, I don't know how to say his name. I feel bad. Matthew Ionitis. Ionitis. Sure. Um, yeah, maybe. Um, he, you know, he's 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 another guy in the middle that they have. Um, but I, I want to ask you with the deficiencies that the Lions have had in the run game, yeah, and the Panthers run defense clearly being the way that they can put themselves in, in more favorable situations. Are you going to have your head explode if Ben Johnson keeps on running the ball in second and long? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Um, it, but also... Hold on. Let me, let me ask you a real question. So like okay. who needs to be the lead back this week? I mean, I, I'd, I'd like to start seeing Swift get a little bit more involved. I know, I know, I agree. I know he's still got the, the North South issue where he's not doing that enough and, and, all that, but I, I, this isn't fair, but it almost feels like Jamal Williams has run down a little bit at this point. He's averaged, I think, under three yards to carry the last couple games. I don't think he's seeing the field as, as well as he used to. Um, I'm, I'm seeing a lot more hesitation, things like that. <clears throat> and I just, I also want to point out, while I agree with you that the strength of this defense is their, their run defense, it's also a relative strength because they're 20th or 21st, I think, in run defense DVOA. They're not great. They're okay. And they have some good performances, but they also have some bad performances on their resume. And so I don't know if this is the week the Lions run defense or run offense turns it around. I, I hope it is. I don't have a ton of confidence right now just because they're on such a cold streak. Um, but, you know, it's Evan Brown's second week back, right? And so maybe he knocked some of the rust off last week. And um, I, I don't know how much you, you, you let emotions play into a game like this, but I can tell you right now, Four fifths of that offensive line is pissed off right now because of the Pro Bowl, and yeah. and and Frank Frank thinks to seems to think that's going to make a difference the rest of the way. Taylor Decker is extremely pissed off right now. Uh, what uh, fifth alternate? Yes, and uh, four four laughing crying emojis later. <laughs> I, I think it's safe to say that Taylor Decker is pretty pissed off and. Yeah. I don't think that's I, I I think of any of the guys on Detroit's offensive line, that's the last guy I would want to have pissed off. Right. Maybe, maybe Panay. <laughs> Taylor Decker just seems to have some kind of energy to him where I'm like, I don't like you know, because that guy he's so good in pass protection. Yeah. But I think to our point, like he might be looking to bury dudes. Yeah. On he, Saturday. He's gonna try to be out there to to prove a point. Probably same with Panay, even though Panay, I think, was a first alternate. So not not real, not a ton of disrespect there for a guy in his second year. But if you if you know a guy like Panay, I wouldn't be surprised if you take that a little personal. 100%. So I, I guess, yeah, I mean, we, we both want to see more out of Swift. Um, I Really hopeful, you know, it, it doesn't seem like the game that Jamal Williams is going to be able to kind of like return to, you know, where he was in, in the first half of the season. But I guess the other, the next question then has to be like, all right, if, if they're struggling to stay on schedule, do you think that the lions have, you know, I mean, it, it's a cold weather game, you know, Jared Goff hasn't had a performance outside um, where, where he's really been able to throw the ball that well. Um, do you feel confident that if the Panthers can, you know, clog up the running lanes, do you feel confident in the, the lions passing game? 
I sure do. Why? Tell me why. Ben Johnson. Like I, they're they're going to scheme guys open. I'm like, it may have taken literally all game against the Jets, but they got the job done. And even even if you take the entire performance into account, it wasn't that bad compared to how some other teams have done against the Jets. And if you include sure. the fifty yard play, the Lions had the second most passing yards against the Jets of any other team. On a, on a day in which it felt like the offense was miserable, they still were the second best team to face that Jets team. And so, yeah, I'm sorry. I JC Horn's a good corner. So is, C, is it CJ Henderson? He's he's pretty good. Former first round pick. JC Horn's really year. good. JC like, Horn's really good. Like like we're talking like Sauce Gardner level good. But I'm sorry, the Lions have a lot of weapons. Sure, lockdown DJ Chark, lockdown Josh Reynolds. Their nickel yeah. is not very good. Hartsfield, no. not very good. Miles Hartfield, bad. Safeties, just kind of okay. Jeremy Chin, not very good. I think JMO gets a big one this game. Obviously, the, the weather is something that we need to talk about. And, and Jared Goff, he doesn't have a ton of experience outdoors. They're, they're, while he was with Los Angeles, there, there certainly was a narrative out there that he was not a good outdoor cold weather quarterback. And I really only think there's about a handful of, of you know, opportunities. And so sample size is really low there. Um, but, you know, he played at Cal, right? So um, a lot of a lot of nice weather games. So it, it's something that he needs to work on. Um, I just I'm not ready to jump to conclusions and be like, this guy can't perform in cold weather. There's just not enough info out there. And to me, you look at some of the the, the performances this year and you say, oh, God, he's, he's been horrible on the road. Well, he's also played Dallas on the road. He's also played I and mean, we went over this on the podcast like it, it there's just not enough good data out there for me to believe that this is going to be a big enough challenge to to make him have a bad game to make Ben Johnson flummoxed. I I just I don't have a lot of fears in this matchup going into this one other than maybe bad Jared flashing up at some point. You know, it's been a really long time since he's turned the ball over. Um, and he, he just, he doesn't typically go this long without turning the ball over. And I don't, I'm not trying to jinx anything or anti jinx anything. It's just matter of fact, like he is a guy who turns the ball over more than not. So the fact that he's taken the care, care of the ball this long is a good thing. It's a great thing. I just don't know how sustainable it is. Some of it is like actually concerted effort, right? He's he's been much better in the pocket. He said it himself, like he was drifting too far back. So that results in a lot of pressures and pressure results in mistakes. So he's made a concerted improvement. Um, he's gotten lucky a couple times with some reckless balls that he's thrown, but even that has dialed down quite a bit. You know, the turnover worthy plays are way down. And so I don't know. Carolina isn't that much of it. Maybe you, you know this better a little bit than I do. I, I still digging into some of the stats, but I don't think they're a team that takes the ball away an abnormal amount. Certainly not as much as the Jets did. So I don't know what what am I supposed to be afraid of with this Panthers defense when it comes to their pass defense. JC Horn. That's about it. That's about and- it. Yeah, I, truly, I, I think you kind of laid it all out there. I, th- I think the Lions could find a lot of success again with Amon Ross St. Brown this week. Yeah. Um, just because of how weak they are at nickel corner. And and I, I don't think that the Panthers, I don't think that they present, obvi- they, they obviously don't present the same test that the Jets did a week ago. Right. Right. And, and, and I think that's important to note. But I still think it kind of comes back to our discussion earlier. Like the Panthers still have a lot to play for um, yep. at, at, at all levels, you know, and somebody we didn't even mention yet is, is Brian Burns, right? I mean, you're talking about one of the best edge rushers in the NFL and 
hey, you know, I, I guess it's great that the offensive line is motivated because, you know, whoever he's lining up against has all the reason in the world to try to shut that guy down. And uh, Matthew Ioannidis um, is actually one of the better interior defenders when it comes to pass rush, uh, you know, win rate in terms of um, you know, quarterback pressures. I mean, he's he's higher up there than guys like Dexter Lawrence or Jonathan oh. Allen. Um, okay. So, I mean, he he's a guy that you have to you have to account for. But back to your point about turnovers, right? The last time that the Lions lost the turnover battle, Buffalo. Hmm. Last time the Lions lost a turnover battle was was Buffalo, and and even that was kind of fluky because I think they had they had a fumble. And then I think the last play of the game was like a, a pitchy, pitchy woo-woo, and, and they lost the ball there. So a pitchy, pitchy woo-woo. But yeah. I, I want to highlight, not technically counted as a turnover, but the last time that Jared Goff made a, made an uh-oh, it was a safety. Yeah. And that's the last time that Jared Goff had a Jared Goff play that you were like, oh, my God. Like, okay, right. put 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 the, the J-Mo underthrow away. Put put the one bad throw he had against Minnesota away where it was DJ shark over the middle and, and he missed him from behind, like put all that stuff away. Last time that Jared Goff made the play that we've always talked about, like Jared Goff making that play and it costing the lions of the football game. He hasn't made that play since Buffalo. Yeah. If he, and, and he didn't make that play against New York. Right. I think, I think that it, it feels like a backhanded compliment to say, Oh, Jared Goff didn't turn the ball over. And, you know, that was enough for the Lions to get the victory. It seems like a backhanded compliment, but that's what Jared Goff needed to do that game. Yeah. Right. Yep. Because um, both those defenses were staring at each other and waiting for the other one to blink. And guess what? It was Zach Wilson who threw an interception to Jerry Jacobs like that. That was the one point swing where it was like, OK, like that, that, that'll be the difference. Jared Goff can't turn the ball over more times than Sam Donald does on Saturday like that that's that's I I think that's what it comes down to who's going to win the turnover battle it's it's a cliche but it's 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 right it's right but if there isn't if if the turnovers are negligible if if they're you know if they're even on on both sides this is a game I feel confident that the Lions will win yeah and and really you know I see some people in chat when I ask you know what's the one thing we should be afraid of when it comes to Carolina's past defense outside of JC Horn the answer is Brian Burns, but here's the thing. Right, right. When's the last time you've been afraid of an opponent's edge rusher? Because I'm sorry, the, I advantage Lions. How how the hey how how the how the Vikings do? Did Neil exactly Hunter Darius Smith? I mean, Nothing. Nada. Trevon Walker. What did he do? Not much. Josh Allen. I, I didn't hear his name. I'm telling you, man. I, I mean, maybe. I think the last time an edge rusher maybe got the better of the tackles was again, the bills game. And it was before what's his name got injured before Von Miller. Yeah. Before Von Miller got injured is it was, it was Von Miller for a quarter. And that's, that's it. Like, I'm sorry. I have a lot, lot of confidence. And this is why some of the, you know, the narrative on, on Twitter that the Lions offensive line isn't very good. And, and listen, Ionitis, that's, that's a matchup to watch, right? Lines interior, Offensive line has not been good in terms of pass protection. And and if he's up against, you know, Evan Brown, maybe that's a mismatch that they can. But I am not afraid of Brian Burns in this game. And maybe maybe that's going to be my last words. And maybe that's going to be the one that gets clipped and put over three Brian, Brian Burns sacks. But I don't think so. I'd be very surprised because these tackles have been locked down in pass protection. And that 
That I think a lot has a lot to do with what we just talked about. The lack of turnovers because he's not getting blindsided hit. All the pressure he can see is is right in front of him. And that makes a huge difference. Hundred percent. Makes a makes an enormous difference. So yeah, you, you look at the Panthers pass rush though, right? And you look at what they're able to do up front off the edge, like Brian Burns, yeah, 60 pressures, yeah. 10 and a half sacks. Like, yeah, the guy is legit. But if you can slide protection that way, if you can put a running back over there, if you can put a tackle, you know, if they want to go six six offensive line, if you want to throw Brock Wright over there, like that's a way to neutralize a guy because on the other side, Yatur Gross Matos, who's a good run defender, but not a lot of pressure off the edge. So they 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 the, the Lions can scheme Brian Burns out of the game. Yeah. Easier said than done, of course. But when you have good players too, combine you have with Johnson, a, a concerted effort of 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 yeah, extra attention. I'm not going to say Brian Burns is going to get shut out or anything, but I, I'm not. I'm just not that afraid of him. Sorry. Clip it. <laughs> All right, let's go to the final segment of the show, which we like to call the one thing we think we know where we make a prediction about the game, not necessarily score prediction, not necessarily a winner prediction, but just one thing that we're pretty sure is going to happen in this football game. And you and I like to make it a little bit of spiciness. We don't we don't want to give you like, oh, very obvious things. We want to, we want to make it a little, little challenging on ourselves. So, we Ryan, do. what is the one thing you think you know? About Lions versus I'm gonna, Yeah, I, I want to remind people of last week. I said that DeAndre Swift would have 150 total yards from scrimmage. He had 75. <laughs> but in my defense, if he would have followed Panay Sewell on that block, <laughs> he would have had a lot more. Um, so uh, here's the one thing I think I know about Lions-Panthers. It's that this is going to be the game that shifts the narrative about Jared Goff outside. Okay. In a good way. Yeah. I I think Jared Goff, I think the Lions, they might, they might struggle to run the ball. I think they might struggle to run the ball. I, I know Frank was a was a Pro Bowl uh selection. That guy, tough as nails, right, Jeremy? Like he yeah. is battling through that toe injury in, in 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 a way that is so admirable. I think that they might struggle to run the ball. I think being forced to throw the ball isn't the death sentence, quote unquote, that it was against the Jets. I think the Lions can move the ball down the field against the Panthers through the air. So I'm going to say that Jared Goff has 300 passing yards. Oh, wow. Okay, so you're making it real spicy. Hey, mule sauce. Ryan, you've grown so much. Remember when you used to <laughs> struggle coming up with bold predictions? <laughs> I'll never for, I think it was the Philly draft. It was 2017 when I said, like, bold prediction, the Lions will draft a wide receiver. It's like, yeah, no shit. <laughs> and then Ken, and then Kenny Gallagher got drafted, and I was like, look, I was right. <laughs> but thank you, Jeremy. What yes. is your one thing that you think you know about I'm Lions Panthers? Kind of going along the same line here and sticking with the Lions offense. I think, and I believe this would now set a franchise record. Okay. Of scoring another game of 30 plus points. I think they hang 30 on the Panthers. I think, I think Jared Goff is going to be just fine. I know they have a couple really good players on, on defense and JC Horn and, and Brian Burns, but the Lions have weapons everywhere. 
I'm, they, they just do. And this is not even close to the Jets' defense. It's not even close. They're not going to be able to, to hold over the top because the one thing that they really tried to do against the Jets, but they couldn't because their secondary is good all around. They did some play-action shots and, and, and schemed some deep shots. They're going to be able to hit on some of those. And I think we we you, didn't we didn't talk about this, but I I, I need like more JMO this week, right? Yes, yeah, and yeah, you know, I'll, I'll, two things I think I know. JMO's getting seventy yards this week. Two for the price of one. Yeah. How many how many catches? I'm gonna push you for a little bit more. How many catches? Three to get for to 70, seventy yards. Wow, I love it. Maybe maybe I'm I'm out of my element here. Maybe I'm riding a little high on a six to one six and one streak here, but. I just have a ton of confidence in this offense right now, Ryan. And that's with a struggling run game and, th- and knowing that they're going into a, a semi-weather game here. I just, I don't know how you stop them, man. I, I If I was a defensive coordinator in this league, I might just retire when, when the lines come up on the schedule. I, I, I was trying to scroll through and see like, hey, like, what are DraftKings odds for the Lions to score over 30 points? But the only thing I could find on short notice was the uh team total points over under the lions is set at 22 and a half so hammer it 30 is a little spicy hammer 30 is a little spicy the over under total is 43 and a half so under <laughs> and 30 plus of those from Detroit. 38 to 3 <laughs> no, i'm kidding i'm kidding i'm kidding relax that was three predictions that jeremy gave <laughs> no 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 <laughs> that was two and a fake one uh, Ooh, Dan Campbell special. That's right. Um, <laughs> do you have anything you want to promote since this is where we normally prom- ask our guests to promote just the pride of Detroit POD cast and stickers, which are available through our Twitch page. If you go to our Twitch page, you go to chat and then you just type in exclamation point stickers. There's an order form there. You can get stickers with our logo on it. Stickers really of our logo. They don't just have our logo on it. It is our logo. You just opened up the floodgates because we've sold like 150 of those bad boys, and that's all <laughs> off like, a week. like one dumb tweet yep. from your personal account. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but hey, if you want them, go buy them. They're only five dollars a piece. I'll mail them to you personally. Yeah, they stick to stuff just like the Lions' run defense will stick to Deonta Foreman. Love it. All right. We're going to close things out there. We will be back. Um, it'll be a weird schedule this week with the the holiday week. Uh, if you do want to watch a post-game show right after the game, I believe Chris will be live here on our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash pride to Detroit to talk to the folks there. That will also go up on our podcast feed, but I believe the current plan is to have the regular podcast record Monday. So the day after Christmas, then go up on the feed the following Tuesday, we're going to try to have ourselves a little bit of a break here. Um, hopefully to enjoy the fruits of a win. Um, if not, maybe it'll give us a week to calm down and not want to punch all of you. We would never do that though. We can't punch you. You're listening to us. That's Oh God, that's true. I forgot about that part. Anyways, thank you all for listening. Have a happy holidays to everyone over the weekend. Hopefully a very, very happy holidays, a, a, um, an above, 500 holiday to everyone. It's chaos. Be kind.